0: Hello and welcome to Waveform, our first podcast made by Digital Taunton. I'm Shane Griffiths. I'm Jeremy Himes. It's taken us one year to the date, but I guess this means we're all grown up, right? Really grown up now. Yeah, this month is our birthday. Shane, tell us what this podcast is about. So this is an idea where we're going to take the talks from the main events and provide condensed summary versions in audio format so people can listen to the event, on the go, wherever they are. And Setsat, big shout out to you guys for sponsoring the night. Thank you very much. Setsat has a mature and robust approach to cyber security. Their experience is derived from working within the defence and enterprise sectors. Their aim is to reduce risks from the unauthorised exploitation of systems, networks and technologies. So first of all, we're going to jump straight in. We're going to listen to our first speaker of okay. the evening. She's queen of the ninjas. She was awesome. She was really, really good. Um, I think you'll take a lot away from this if you're interested in digital marketing. It's Kenda McDonald from Automation Ninjas.
1: Let's get started with some of the really heavy stuff because everyone wants to be really depressed in January, right? So let's get started with some of the problems that we're currently facing as businesses. So this is my favorite part of the talk because I'm assuming majority British room, right? And I know everybody loves audience participation. And we're going to do some audience participation. And I'm just going to stand here really awkwardly until you guys actually do it. And then you'll feel really awkward. And someone will break. It will happen. Um, so I'm going to ask you some questions. And the first question is, what is it that consumers actually want? Happiness. Happiness? Yeah. Attention. Attention. Yeah. Value. Free stuff and value. Oh my God, so many value for money right here, just with all these questions.
0: Simplicity.
1: Simplicity. Yeah, exactly. So what happens when you take all of these things and combine them together? What happens when you take value for money and attention and simplicity and free stuff and combine them together? You get, you get happiness, but you get the definition of consumer. And what consumers really want to do is consume. That's all they want to do. That's why we're called consumers. And when we consume, we want to do it in the way that we want to do it. We don't want to be told how to consume. And we have the means to do that now. We have the internet. We can change our services and our providers at the click of a button. All we want to do is we want to consume without being interrupted by anybody else. And we want to do it in the way that we want to do it. And we are empowered to do that now. But what is it that businesses want? Yeah, we want money. We want to sell our shit. That's what we want to do. And we're going to do that in the best way possible. So most of the time, that means we're going to interrupt our consumers. We're going to steal their data. And we're going to do everything that we can to get in front of people, right? That's what businesses do. That's certainly what consumers think businesses do. And do they have it wrong? If you look at some of the biggest businesses in the world, they don't have it wrong at all. So what's happening is we're fueling something that's called the divide. And it's the divide between what consumers want and what businesses need to do to get by. And as we sit here and go, how are we going to get more likes on Facebook? How are we going to get our ads in front of the right people? How are we going to do this? How are we going to track people's behavior? People like me, people who do that for a living are fueling the divide between consumers and we're making everybody really, really unhappy in the process. So we've got to fix some of that. So does this ultimately mean that it's all doom and gloom? Well, actually, it's not a very good picture. For the first time ever, in 2019, we saw a global decline in page views. And that means that people stopped looking at websites as much as they were previously. Now, that doesn't mean that people stopped consuming. Actually, people consumed a lot more are just really impatient with how we consume. So we spend less time on websites, and we look at less website pages. You might think that's not really a bad thing, but it is a really bad thing. It does come with a really nice thing, though, because it was actually an increase in conversion rates, because we're happier to do stuff online. We trust people. We will spend our money online, because we can get it back if something goes really wrong. We're quite happy to buy things on Amazon. We're happy to give away our email address. Even though we feel funny about our data, we're quite happy Sign up for lead magnets and all sorts of stuff. So we're getting really comfortable interacting with businesses online, but There's a really big but in this, because in order to get a conversion, you have to get someone to spend 16% longer on a website. So while we're happy to do stuff online, and we have to stick around for longer to get that conversion, we aren't doing that. So we aren't spending as much time before. So we don't have as much attention as we used to. So we've got to do really good things with that attention, or... Maybe instead of trying to put some tactics and some strategies in place, maybe we just need to understand what people want to pay attention to. So in the beginning, there was attention because without attention, there's nothing else. Don't trust what the Bible says to you about in the beginning there being light. It's attention, right? Okay. so when you start off with attention and you start looking at the theories behind attention, we come to the lovely Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky. Any psychology nerds in the room thinking fast and slow? Yeah, one. Wow, I'm disappointed in you guys. Come on, you should have been reading up before you came in here. So these guys were super inventive. And uh, they said two different systems for paying attention. And because they were super, super inventive, they called them system one and two. Um, And they basically said... You know, the difference between these systems is that the one system is really, really fast. And because it's really fast, um, it's basically automatic. The other system is really, really slow. Um, And because it's slow, it's really manual. And so they said, well, this is the automatic system. This is the manual system. It's really, really inventive, isn't it? These guys were on it. Um, And they like to refer to system one as being autopilot and system two as being the pilot. Now, I make fun of their inventiveness, but actually, this is our best theory of attention. It's been supported by lots of data over the last 30 since they came up with this. Um, and they basically said, you know, This explains a lot of the weird stuff that we do. Brains do really weird shit all day long. When you are learning how to drive, you are using System 2. And eventually, when you learn how to drive, you've put habits in place. When you put those habits in place, you're using System 1. And the real difference between the two systems is that System 1 can take in 11 million bits of information per second. That's a lot of data, okay? A lot of data very, very quickly. Where System 2 can only take in 40 bits of information per second. So when you're learning how to drive, you're using that system and your brain is struggling and your brain hates using that system because when your brain uses that system, it uses calories. And when you're using calories, that means you don't have enough to get away from the lions that are prowling around everywhere. So every time you use system two, your brain tries to make you use system one. And it's this constant go back between the two. And when you learn a habit you put something called a rule or a mental shortcut in place. So your brain doesn't have to use lots of calories. And it's all great, and it's lovely. But when you're using system two, it's intensive and effortful, and you're really, really tired afterwards. So I hope everyone's going to be really tired after this talk, because you're going to be paying lots of attention. But it gets really boring talking about system one and system two. So I thought we'd break it down, make it a bit more exciting. So system one is basically the minions, right? And system two is Gru. Has Has everyone seen the minions or a version thereof? Right? No. What are you even doing here? (laughs) That's your homework. Go home and watch that the main premise of this movie is that Gru's like this amazing criminal overlord and he's doing a great job and he has all these dastardly plans and he can't do everything by himself and because he can't do everything by himself he either employs or enslaves this little race of yellow people I'm not entirely sure what kind of message we're trying to send to kids but basically he has this this group of people that do all of this stuff for him and it's all great except for the fact that the minions can only do one thing. They're not very bright. So one minion can do one job. And the the whole premise of the movie, like them just like coming across something and not being able to handle it and just exploding stuff. Um, And it kind of works out okay for Gru though, because he has thousands of minions. He doesn't just have five all doing one job. He has thousands of them all doing lots of different jobs Um, and totally destroying stuff all the time. But the great thing is this is precisely how our brain works, pretty much. So we have this one dude who can only do so much. He can only take in so much information. And then we have all these minions running about the place, taking in the rest of the information. And this works fine, except for the fact that when we create our marketing materials and when we try and talk to our consumers, we think that our consumers are in grew mode, these super cognitive beings. We love to think of the fact that we are these very clever, very sort of present, almost omnipresent beings in our brains. We like to think that. But in reality, you only spend 15% of your day in GRU mode or in system two. The other 85% of your day, you're spending in minion mode, right? So when you're creating materials for your consumers, you have to get past the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper is the minions, If you don't get past those guys, you're not going to get to Gru, because the brain does not want to use Gru, because it uses precious calories. I wish my brain used a bit more calories. I wouldn't mind, and I'm sure most people wouldn't mind if that was the case. But unfortunately, we've got the minions to thank for making our lives a little bit easier. So... We know what to pay attention to. And our brain decides that well before we actually think we're paying attention to something. So I did a little experiment on myself. Um, I didn't do it on my husband this time. It's great living with a psychologist, because we're always doing experiments. Um, And I searched for the best zombie movies. I used some eye-tracking software to figure out what I was actually looking at. So I was trying to replicate another experiment without kind of like ruining their data. So I did my own. So I searched for best zombie movies, and I wanted to see what am I actively paying attention to in the search result. And just to zoom in a little bit, there's a couple of things that Google has tried to do to make my life really easy. So it's put all of the titles up at the top, of some of the best movies, but I don't know what ranking system they've used for this. And what was really interesting is that my eyes didn't look at that at all. I skimmed straight past it. So the first thing that my eye settled on was this link, the 45 best zombie movies from IMDb. That was the first thing I had to look at, but I didn't click on it. The second thing I had to look at was the 10 best zombie movies of all time by Screen Rant. Now, if you're into any kind of alternative movies or slightly different stuff off the beaten track, then Screen Rant is generally the place that you go to for information. Except for the fact that Screen rants have become bastards and they've put stuff on individual pages so you have to click through, like really clickbaity, and I hate that. It's a waste of my precious 50 seconds. So I don't go to Screen Rant, I ended up clicking on the IMDB link instead. And what that was really interesting was, why did I do that? Why did I ignore all of these other guys? That sounds great. That one's, that's time out. Paste Magazine, don't know who that is. Even a YouTube video on that. I just ignored all of it. I literally only looked at those two pieces of information on the page. And that's because I trust and I've made a rule set for IMDB. Because it is crowdsourced and everybody else is putting their reviews on there, I trust that my peers are giving me the right information. So the minions go, we know IMDB. We trust the source. And I ignored everything else. I filtered it all out. What was particularly interesting is that I also knew what not to pay attention to, or at least my minions did anyway. Because I found something on this page Um, And it's definitely the source that most people would go to to get the best information on all things alternative. And I ended up going and I just wanted to see what did I ignore. And I ignored this one, which is such a shame because I definitely would have got the information from there. It's the 13 best zombie movies from none other than the Cosmopolitan magazine. (laughs) You know, that resource for good movie information. Um, and the other thing I ignored was was the second page of Google, because I found what I wanted on the first page. Um, I didn't even go there. So your consumers are in minion mode all of the time. And if they're in minion mode, that just means that most of the time they're ignoring what you're doing. If you're trying to talk to Gru, you need to talk to the minions instead. And you need to find little hacks and little systems that you can put in place in order to get people to pay attention to you instead. So The Economist is actually a really good example of this in real life in a more um, sort of tactical way. So The Economist has a great pricing structure. And they had TheEconomist.com as a subscription for $59, the print subscription for $125, and the print and web subscription for $125. Now, I'm not a math genius, but I'm pretty sure that 125 plus 59 is not 125. So immediately, we know that that's a really good deal. So what was really interesting is when you looked at the conversion rates on the pages for this. So the economist.com subscription converted at, at around 16%. The print, just the print subscription by itself, full 0%. No one is buying that. And the rest of the people, 84% of the people are buying the print and web subscription, even though it's the more expensive option. Why are we doing that? Well, uh, because our brain said that's a great deal, even though maybe it isn't. Um, and so the user experience designers in all all their great knowledge said we're going to get rid of this one. That's 0%. No one's doing anything with that. It's a useless non-converter. Eliminate it. Fascinating what happened. Profits plummeted. 68% of people now went to the $59 option and 32% to to the $125 option. Okay, so there is an effect called coherent arbitrariness. This is a bias that we have. And just using that coherent arbitrariness gave the Economist a 43 Three percent boost in their profits as a result. And so what coherent arbitrariness is, is it's a framing bias. We take an arbitrary thing and we create a baseline which we assume is true and we coherently do it all the time. So you can either put no baseline in place or you can put a baseline in place and see what happens. So if you want to hack brains, It's really simple. Ease cognitive demand. Make it easy for people to understand stuff. Frame really well and build your consumers a journey to go on. Give them the next step all the time. People like to know where they're going. So what you're going to go off and do is your homework. We like giving people homework. First thing is I want you to go have a look at your materials. Go have a look at the stuff that you're doing. Are you controlling the frame? Because if you're not controlling it, someone else is, and it's more than likely the minions, and that's a bad time. So control the frame really, really well. Is it cognitively demanding? This is probably the worst thing I see people do. Is it difficult to consume your materials? Can the minions understand it? What's implicit in your materials? Like, who are you trying to look like? How are you trying to corral all of that stuff together? And what's explicit? So what's really obvious for people? And is it the right message that you're wanting to get across the group? Because you have a very short space of time to use that attention. And most of all, is it minion friendly? If I can give you one piece of advice, it's just to think of your consumers as minions. Don't call them that to their face. But, you know, just kind of make sure that everything's easy, simple, and you'll have an efficient and effective marketing process. Now, if you want a little bit more on this I strongly suggest that you be like Ross and go get yourself a copy of the book um you can get it at that link but it goes into a little bit more of the tactical stuff as to how you can all use all of the stuff and a little bit more into the neuroscience behind it because we all love a bit of neuroscience right um so that's me guys thank you very much
0: Digital Taunton Audio Highlights with DT Waveform. So so today we're announcing another event that we're putting on. Uh, It's called DT Tech and the kind of collective term is something called the Digital Taunton Fringe Events. And these are going to be events that we are going to be putting on on a regular basis and it's going to provide a way in which people that have some, you know, uh, interest in some specific niches, has the opportunity to dive into it. And um, and it's going to be an event that should really help um, the more technical people in the room, you know, really come together and, and kind of focus on that community, which is something that is desperately lacking, I think, around here, is that there is no real... Uh, vibrant tech meetup group for those that really want to dive into the technology, science, engineering, some of the stuff that probably wouldn't be appropriate for evenings like tonight. This is a really, really exciting opportunity. It's actually being led by Sharon Lewis. Sharon works at the Hydrographic Office and they've agreed to kind of partner with us on this. And what we're looking to do is, like I said, create these kind of deep dive events. They're going to be on the the second Wednesday of every month. And it's going to be open to everyone. So it's not about the experts. it's, it's It's open to people maybe wanting to learn a little bit more. We want it to be as inclusive and as open as possible. So, we are going to have a very similar format to this evening. There's going to be a couple of speakers. There's going to be um, a platform that we want to introduce to people that are perhaps new to speaking or don't feel like something like this would be perhaps their cup of tea. But they want to start making some steps in kind of you know, developing that side of their, their skill set, right? So, these events are going to allow you to come along and share some ideas or share some code or a project or something that's a bit more two way with the audience as well. So we're really, really excited about this. It's going to be hosted here, and the most important thing is the free pizza. Yeah, there's going to be free pizza. So, um, so we're really, really excited. So I hope that you guys will kind of embrace this, support it. For those that you know feel like it's your your cup of tea. We've got two amazing speakers lined up already. So, Kieran Evans, he's actually here tonight somewhere. Kieran is a senior developer at the Hydrographic Office. From what I've been told by Sharon is that he's doing some crazy shit with maps and satellites and building all kinds of stuff with AI. And he's going to be doing this crazy talk about one of the projects they've been working on. And then the other speaker on that evening is a guy called John Jagger. And he is a consultant that works travels the world, working, on, working with some of the biggest businesses in tech. And, um, and he's all about test-driven development and best practices. So if that's kind of your thing, you know, sign up to this. Um, I think it's going to be really, really good. Uh, if you're interested, I should have put Sharon's email on this as well. If you're interested in knowing a little bit more about this, if you're interested in speaking, if you're interested in sponsoring, we need to build a team. We have a great team here and we need to build another team so if you're interested in videography photography you want to help out with logistics or setting up you know i've been inundated over the last few months about people offering help the next event is going to be on wednesday the 4th of march so keep an eye on meetup.com over the next couple of days when that goes live and um and sign up it's exactly the same process as what we have right now there's a meetup account for this event, and there'll be another meetup account for that one. And as I kind of mentioned, it's uh, it's not replacing what we're doing right now. It's just another sort of uh, project that we're introducing, and, um, and there could be a couple more in the pipeline as well. So um, keep your eyes peeled. Okay, continuing on with this episode, we're going to jump straight into the next speaker of the evening, and that is... Joe Middleton, a.k.a. Slummy Single Mummy, giving us loads of top tips around what we should be doing with our social media.
2: I think there's a bit of a myth that in order to be successful on social media, you have to be doing everything and posting every five minutes, and you really, really don't. You can turn it right back. Um, And because of this whole 80-20 thing, which um, I'm sure you all know, uh, but basically you spend five days a week doing stuff and only 20% of the stuff you ever do is actually interesting or valuable or creates any kind of results. So if you can figure out what that 20% is, you only have to work a day a week. (laughs) That's my business model. (laughs) When you do post, make it relatable and authentic. And this is kind of one of those like cheesy things everyone says, oh, we will be authentic on social media. Um, But, you know, people say it like that because it's true. So before you post anything, just kind of think to yourself, like, is it actually interesting? Does it entertain people or does it inform people? Those are kind of the two things that I try to think about. Um, And also, don't be afraid to be a little bit vulnerable with stuff Um, and I think this applies even if you're a business like you can still have a kind of behind the scenes we cocked up doing this but here's how we put it right um, type of content because people connect to people when they sense a vulnerability or when they see something that's human about you and so I think the more you can incorporate that into your social media the more you can kind of form those connections I'm kind of thinking less about that sort of perfect tweet that has two hashtags and a link and a picture and tags 10 people and has a location. And more just about kind of stuff that talks about who you are or who who your business is and what that represents and how you can connect with people um, through that. So as well as thinking about what you actually say... Uh, it's good to think about your aesthetic. So this is just kind of like how you look and the images that you use and how consistent they are and what they say about you. And I think you can tell like a lot about a brand from kind of like just the really simple how they look. So I've got, and you can do this really simply on Instagram or on, on any platform. So one of the easiest ways to do it in Instagram is just to use the Instagram editing tools now, lots of you have probably used like the filters, like Valencia, 2009. Um, everyone did that, didn't they? Or like the photo frames around. But um, if you go into the Edit tab instead of Filter, you can ch- adjust all kinds of things like brightness, contrast, sharpening, all sorts. Like You can get really good quality editing just within Instagram. Um, there's also a really good app you can use called VSCO. Um, which does kind of similar editing things, but which also has loads and loads of presets that you can apply to your images. So if you've got like a particular feel that you want to go for, like, um, you know, like brightly colored or high contrast, you can apply the same preset um, set of editing to any photo. Um, And this is just kind of a a useful link might be... um, It's an app called Later, and they do like a whole training thing on how to create your Instagram aesthetic. So if that floats your boat, get over there. Oh, this is like um, a really good example. This is a guy called Matt Inwood, and he's a food photographer. He takes all of these photos on his iPhone, and he edits them all in Instagram, and that is all he does. Like all of these photos are just iPhone Instagram photos. He's ace. He does workshops if you want to go on them. I made my photos look like that for like a whole day afterwards. <laughs> no, no, it, it wore off. Okay. Twitter lists. Does anybody in here use Twitter lists? Oh, guys, guys, come on. Twi- it's like one of the most basic social media tools, but it, I cannot emphasize enough what a difference Twitter lists have made to my life. They're so easy to set up. So you just go into your little menu at the side, Lists. It's like create a new list. You can add people to it. You can call them like insulting names and make it private, like people I hate. Um, just make got the padlock thing. <laughs> you can, um, if you're too lazy to set up your own list, you can subscribe to other people's lists. So if other peop- somebody else has set up like Somerset Businesses, you can find that and you can subscribe to it and it just makes Twitter so much more manageable so instead of going on Twitter and having your home feed which is just like speed of light refreshing you can either use Twitter to go in directly and look at your list or you can use something like um, tweet deck uh, it's completely free to use it's all like linked up to Twitter and you can arrange your lists in columns so um, I have a column for my notifications. I have a column for what I call my home feed, but it's actually just the people I really like. Um, so if you're on that, then you're really special. <laughs> no one here is... Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You all are. Um, <laughs> there's a Somerset column. I especially put in a hashtag digital tauntum column to make it look like I was, you know... <laughs> um, <laughs> anything you want, you can make us a column. And what that means is when you've got 10 minutes, rather than going into Twitter and being totally overwhelmed by information, you can think, okay, what I really need to do is engage with local businesses in my area, you know, like Torton Independent Quarter. I want to spend 10 minutes um, retweeting stuff from them. I want to reply to conversations that they're having, and you can be really, really focused and feel like you've got 10 minutes of really useful work out of Twitter. Honestly. Yeah, I use this on the desktop. But you could easily set up the lists on your phone and then just go into lists and pick a list. Um, it just it saves so much time, and its I, c- I cannot stress enough how much you will love lists when you have all gone home immediately after this. And made at least 10 images. So images are incredibly important, obviously on social media. We all know this. I found some stats to back it up. The more you use images, the more engagement you're going to get. Just cut, you know, you, you can add numbers to it, you can do whatever you like. But we all know if we're scrolling through Twitter or we're looking through Facebook and something has an image attached to it, it's going to grab our attention more than something that doesn't. Um, if you're worried about not being able to take your own photos, then there's no excuse. Because there's loads of like really good free photo sites. This is one of my favorites that I use for blog posts. It's called Unsplash. Um, did a quick search there for coffee and for cats. I mean, just random. Um, and as you can see, they're really high quality images. You can use them without any credit. The other site that I use a lot for creating images and graphics is called Canva. Again, it's another free tool. One of the really good things about Canva is that it, it has a loads of like preset templates. So if you want to create an image for Twitter, it's got all the right dimensions. Or if you want an Instagram post or whatever it is you want, um, you can have it there like ready in the right shape. I use it for creating all sorts of things. So, I might take some like food photos and add text to make them Pinterestable. It's definitely a word. Um, creating any kind of images for my blog. Next point is to plan and schedule all of your content in one go. So rather than panicking every day that you have to do another Instagram post or oh God I haven't tweeted in eight hours. I've got to do something about it. It might. Be that it's much more practical and much more efficient for your business to have two hours or three hours or half a day or whatever it might be a week where you say, right, I'm going to schedule everything. I'm going to get it all done. then I don't have to think about it all week. And there are a lot of tools that you can do this with. So I've just picked one that I think is particularly good and also has a free version. So you can have a player back with it. And then if it doesn't suit you, you've not lost anything. And it's called uh Later. I think it might have started off just as Instagram, but you can now link up lots of different accounts. So you can have Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter. You can upload all of your images. So you can have a media library with all of your cats, just all in one place. And then you basically, you can just drag and drop your images into different slots in your calendar for all the different platforms. Add captions, you can add your hashtags. You can save captions if you want to. So, if you're on Instagram and you have like a set of 20 hashtags that you always use for a particular, you know, for food photos and another 20 that you use for something else, you can save them and then just add them to your captions really easily. And then, if you have a um, business Instagram account, you can set up the time and it will just post it automatically for you and you literally have to do nothing else. If you have a personal account, it won't automatically post it, but it you can set it up to send you a reminder. So it's kind of there ready to go and you just get a little thing and you post it. It also gives you some analytics. So it will give you like a a color coding, kind of give you like a summary of your latest posts and how many likes, and how many comments. So you can see them easily. Oh, and also in the calendar view, you can also go into like a preview of Instagram where it comes up looking like your phone and you can drag your photos into your phone and see how they look in the grid, so you can make sure you've got like a good color balance. And yeah, it's really good. So the basic package of this is free, where you get like one social channel, one of each social channel. And then the upgrades are actually really reasonable. And you get quite a lot with the free version. So it's definitely worth having a play about with and getting everything done in one go. Another tip is to make good use of The analytics, and each of the social media platforms has like inbuilt analytics that are actually really useful. So, um, as you could use something like Later and look at their analytics, but Instagram also has its own analytics. Um, Twitter analytics does like loads of cool stuff, which shows you. So, there's my petrol tweet, which was my top tweet for January. Tells you like who all the cool people who are following you, tweet impressions, like everything. Gives you loads of information. It will tell you. Which of your tweets have been most popular? This is impressions and then engagements and engagement rates. And then most of the channels, this one's Facebook, most of the channels will tell you also about your audience. So as you can see, my target audience is me, uh, women 35 to 44. Also, men in Nigeria. <laughs> I'm really popular with men in Nigeria. I once had a message from a guy in Nigeria saying, I've showed your photo to my son, and he agrees that you would make a good mother. (laughs) (laughs) But what's really good about looking at your analytics is it helps you to focus in on who exactly you're talking to. And uh, what you'll often find is that the people you're talking to will vary by platform. So on Facebook, my... um, men-to-women ratio is very different than it would be on Twitter. So I've got a lot of women on Facebook, fewer women on Twitter. um, And so you can kind of target content accordingly, if you're smart. And the analytic stuff comes back then to this 80-20 rule. So if you know what content is working well for you, just do more of that. And then you look at the stuff that did really badly, do less of that. I'm such an expert. (laughs) okay my final point is to experiment with new things if you want to but don't feel bad if you don't and there's always like something that is the next best thing on social media so there was like a few years ago all of the parent bloggers suddenly were on snapchat and i said to my oldest daughter like should i be on snapchat and she said no it's just middle-aged women think that they're cool they're going on snapchat like don't bother And lo and behold, like a month later, none of the bloggers were on Snapchat. So, it's good to have a play around with things if you want to, but don't feel like you have to. If you've got one platform or two platforms that work really well for you, that's fine. If you do want to play around with stuff, I definitely recommend Instagram Stories, just because they're so easy to use. And the engagement that you get on Stories is, like in my experience, is is higher than any other platform. They're really simple to use, so you can take a simple picture of your favourite cat. Don't tell the other cats. <laughs> <laughs> you can add things to it, like polls, you can add hashtags, you can add little gifts. you can do countdowns, quizzes, music, all sorts of things. If you don't want to start with a photo, you can do boomerangs, which is like you know, cheers, two little glass chink. Um, You can do zoom in on things. You can just add text. There's loads and loads of um, different options for stories. If you want to take your stories a little bit to the next level, there's an app called In Stories, um, which is really fun. If you want to go and look at me on Instagram, which is Slummy Single Mummy, did a few stories with this app this afternoon just to give you an idea of the variety so the, my last three stories are all made using this app like in literally 10 seconds each i mean it's not difficult but they look kind of fun and different to the normal kind of instagram story so that's really fun to play around with then there's tiktok which i'm mentioning because shane said mention tiktok and then we'll look really cool and like i've got a finger on the pulse um <laughs> yeah no, I mean TikTok. Uh, that's not that's not true. Um, no, it's true. Um, people do use TikTok, so I've heard. Um, <laughs> not me, because I don't really understand it. But I, I think it uh, works for some people. This is an account that I really like, though, which is um, a photographer who shows the different stages of like the behind the scenes of his photography. So he's kind of got this, like in this one, he's got this leaf thing on a ring and then he shows how he takes a picture through it and then he shows the end result. It's all like in a video and it's really fun. Um, Mainly, it looks to me like it's young guys like doing pranks, but you never know, have a play. Uh, And that's the end.
0: Thanks, guys, for listening. If you liked what you heard, sign up for more on the podcast. And in the meantime, thanks to Mel from Broadcast Media UK for the production of this podcast. And cheers for Jonathan Warner for providing the video and the audio on the evening as well. Good work. So we'll see you next month. We'll be reviewing episode two of season two. Uh, we've got two exciting speakers lined up, but we're not going to tell you who they are yet. Get more details on DT Connect. Our monthly newsletter that comes out. Monthly. adios cheers guys bye
1: digital content
0: audio highlights with DT Wayfall